Welcome to the Lentil Intervention Podcast, raising awareness and inspiring action for personal and planetary health with your hosts, Ben and Emma. Hello, everybody. Now, hang on a sec. Was that a new intro? Did you just hear a new intro? I'm pretty sure they did. Okay. Now, at this point in time, how many people are going to stop this podcast and go back to the beginning and see if that was a new intro? Well, I can tell you now it was, and it's not just the only new thing we have launching right now. Yeah. So we've got a new logo and we've also got some new little resources. We've done a bit of an overhaul really on the website. Ben's been working very hard on that for the last few weeks. (laughs) Not just me, not just me, the two of us. Um, It's why we've been It's why we missed a week with this podcast. Uh, We decided to delay it because who knew creating a new logo was so intense. (laughs) (laughs) The good thing is Emma and I are still friends. Um, (laughs) But yeah, a massive overhaul of the website, really, let's be honest. Um, So shall we start off with the lentil intervention in general? Uh, We are now a New Zealand registered charitable trust. So in other words, a not-for-profit. And there's a few reasons why we've done that. Yeah, so I I think it adds an air of legitimacy to what we're wanting to do, but we're also kind of expanding the direction that we want to go into. Ben, do you want to expand on that? Okay, so firstly, podcasts continue. They'll be a mainstay of what we do. It's about uh, sharing information, so engaging with uh, phenomenal guests that we've had to date and we'll continue to do so. And we're going to start bringing back some old guests too very soon. Um, and also resources. Resources was always something that we said we wanted to make available. And uh, it's, if you go onto our website now, you'll see that that's start, something we're going to start working on quite significantly. So uh, you'll find that in the resources page, we're differentiating between external resources and our own, which we're going to build. We've also already put a recommended reading list. So it's not just nutrition related, but environmental as well. And recipes, whole bunch of yummy, yummy recipes. So again, there's only a few on there right now, but that's something we're going to be adding uh, over time. Um, and also, yeah, and then there's another key component that we want to focus on. Yeah, so very importantly, we're really wanting to do more community outreach. Um, we're also doing um, the collection of the pre-love sports gear, so that's um, kicking up a notch. I know, Ben, that's your baby, so do you want to ex- expand on that a bit for our listeners? Yeah, so through my coaching business for the last eight, nine years, um, I do an annual appeal, so it's once off. And I'd ask for people to donate any sports shoes, sports gear and clothing that they no longer used. And I would take that down to the New Zealand Waikato region, uh, to the Decile One schools and donate that and do some activities with the kids. And it's amazing, really rewarding uh, thing to do. What we're now doing is we're incorporating that as part of uh, some of the taking action items that we're doing through the lentil intervention, and it's no longer going to be an annual appeal. It's going to be an ongoing thing. So really, the more that we receive, the more we can do with. So starting off, we will have uh, already do have relationships with some retail outlets and and sporting event organizers uh, to to give us merchandise or or equipment they no longer need. So this is already an appeal to our listeners that if you are part of a sports club, a school, um, 
you know, and you and you're replacing gear, reach out to us because we're going to give that gear a second purpose. Uh, right now, it is important to say that we are only starting off in the Auckland Waikato regions, but the more processes we have in place, then the further we can reach with this initiative. So that's one of the components we're going to build on. Yeah. So if you want more information on that, head to our website under the Taking Action tab, you'll find the Pre-Love Sports Gear Appeal. Um, but we're also going to be ramping up the delivery of you know more substantial programs in the community so we've got plans for some free seminars kicking off very shortly in new zealand but after that we're very busy working behind the scenes on a longer program that we're hoping to get up and running before the end of the year um and please for our australian listeners we haven't forgotten about you it's just that we have a lot of connections in new zealand so to start things off we're piloting everything there and fingers crossed it'll be in Australia very, very shortly as well. Yeah, we have a big vision, but New Zealand and Australia are big countries and you've got to That's start it. somewhere. And there's only so, two of us, so. <laughs> <laughs> which again, um, you know, we, we'll link this back again to this, but, you know, we, we always make a uh, recommendation or, or an appeal rather um, to buy us a coffee. And um, that's, you know, we're so grateful to all of those of you that have made those small contributions, but we're going to be very frank here. This is something we want to do full time. Uh, these community outreach programs are going to cost money and the seminars, at least the free seminars, we want to keep free to engage community people. And then the programs, well, we got to figure out how we don't want to make a cost prohibitive. We want those that really need it are the ones that need financial assistance too. So what we're getting at and part of the reasons why we're now not-for-profit is we are going to be applying for funding, um, but post-COVID, we also know that that is an even harder thing. So buying us a coffee is brilliant and it's going to help uh, cover some of our sort of monthly costs like podcasting platforms, website platforms and, and so on. And also now we need to have an accountant to do annual reporting, uh, but we do have bigger costs. So again, we, you know, if you are wondering, well, what do we need money for? There's a dedicated page on our website that breaks down every single item right now that either we're committed to in terms of cost or things we'd like to um, obtain to help us deliver these programs. And it's not just about financial assistance. There are other ways to do it as well, such as actual items that we might need or you getting physically involved with us, which we're very much open to. So a whole bunch of more detail on the website with regards to that. All right, so enough about us. Head to the website, see what we have on there, and we'll be talking more about it. And let us know what you think of the logo. <laughs> yes, yes, and we're not changing Or maybe it. don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're not changing it. But no, we're, we're pretty stoked. And look, uh, we probably didn't, I think we may have said it, but we'll say it again. The logo change needed to better represent what we're now doing. We used to focus on three uh, pillars that we used to call, so movement, uh, whole food nutrition, environmental wellness. But as you'll know uh, through the wonderful array of guests we've had that we, we've been wanting to talk about either very relatable uh, topics but then quite fit under those uh, pillars. So we've done away with that and our focus is more generically around lifestyle changes that benefit both your personal and planetary health. And that allows us to expand a little bit more on the conversations and uh, obviously the programs will incorporate that as well, as well as the resources that we offer. So it all ties in better and the logo 
better represents that. So I think that that was key for us. Okay, let's move on. Um, so we have three, uh, well, we'll call them guests because they are speaking on the show, uh, but, um, you know, they're not live. <laughs> we will say that now that they, they were pre-recorded because part of these Express episodes is we also want to provide updates with what's happening with some of our network partners or uh, perhaps campaigns or projects that we are either part of or back. So uh, we've got three fantastic people. We'll start off with the first. So Jeff Reed, a legendary uh, environmental environmentalist activist. Um, he's been a past guest of ours, season one, episode 25, and he spoke uh, predominantly about what happened, well, in New Zealand specifically, but intensive winter grazing. And it's quite a significant issue here in New Zealand. Uh, one of the main impacts are the effects it has on the environment, especially our waterways, but also animal welfare concerns. Um, and also the health effects of a lot of the farmers. So uh, without needing to say much more, uh, here's Jeff who gives us an update on a recent road trip he's done to uh, gather more content and uh, gives us an update on the campaign, which is on our Taking Action tab. So here's Jeff. Yeah, so yeah, we've spent the last wee while, uh, myself and others, going around the country having a good look at the situation, and it's not pretty. We are seeing token changes, you know, but by and large, there's still massive impacts happening to our environment and and huge amount of harm being caused to animals from this type of agricultural practice called intensive winter grazing. Now, intensive winter grazing is when, you know, it's used because we have too many animals and not enough land to grow grass in the wintertime. So quite often animals are put on trucks, they're taken to, you know, other parts of the country where they are fed out, break fed on crops. So each day they'll get a couple of metres uh, of crop which is you know a really rich diet and sometimes causes a lot of mud so you got a lot of animals squished into a small area and you know in, in places where it's not practical to farm those animals and we end up seeing a lot of harm to our environment and to the animals we also see a lot of harm to you know our growers like this is tarnishing farmers with all the same brush and it's harmful for our you know our country's image yeah, so we just want to prove to the public that things aren't changing the way that the industry is telling everyone things are, and the same with regional councils. You know, there's a lot of spin out there saying that we're doing it's all changed, you know, and we're all doing everything, everything's all tickety boo, when that's not the reality. So yeah, it's really important that we go around and we, you know, encourage others to also document what's going on out there and. Uh, yeah, report back to the nation of the impacts that this harmful practice is having. Yep. So Pamu, one of our largest farmers in the country, you're in my farms, you know, this is a state-owned enterprise. They have over 300,000 hectares of farmland, which, uh, you know, is used to generate profit for the nation. And um, yeah, they're, they're of the worst that I've seen in many, many parts of the country. West Coast is particularly bad. Parts of Southland, really bad. And we want them to be leaders. They should be leaders in the field. Uh, they've done their own modelling, which proves that it's more profitable to exit intensive winter grazing. So when you've got less animals, you have less overheads, less less fertiliser and, you know, less costs. And you don't have as much uh, product. You don't have as much, um, yeah, you don't have as much product, but <laughs> the costs are down. So 
you know, we really want Pamu to be a leader in this in the in the field here, and they are refusing to. So part of our campaign is to put pressure on Warren Parker. He is the you know the chair of Pamu, and um, yeah, we want them to exit intensive window grazing. So we've got a petition that you know would love people to jump on and sign and share to help that process. Other part of our campaign is to put pressure on regional councils. They are not doing their job properly uh, when it comes to inspection and compliance. And in Southland and Otago, you know, it is a shambles. Um, yeah, we want them to improve performance and follow up with bad practice farming, particularly after rain events when we see a lot of the mud running off into rivers. Um, so we are really looking for support to help pressure MPI and Damien O'Connor as the minister to introduce at least 50 animal welfare inspectors to go on farms throughout New Zealand. We need a really clear objective standards to support their decisions and an infringement approach to enforcement. So, I mean, we see we see would really help bring the industry back in, you know. And there's three aspects to this and that's we want Pamu to be doing a whole lot better because they are the leaders you know they you know they, they're farming on, on our behalf but we also want regional councils to lift up their game and actually do their job and make sure farms are compliant and you know these regulations are enforced and we also want Ministry for Primary Industries to put welfare inspectors into the field so we can be assured that there aren't these massive animal welfare issues going on. And, you know, these three things, they're not big asks, but it would really help the situation environmentally. Uh, it would help the animals because we've got, you know, millions of animals that are open to suffering each each season. And it would also help the farmers that are really trying to transition into better ways of land use and you know it's their brand that's being trashed at the same time here and they've been tarnished with the same brush so that's what people can do to help take action <laughs> and keep the discussion going you know if, if you and you know social media is really powerful thing if you see things and you know get engaged into the discussion yeah there there is such thing as good farmers and bad farmers you know they don't all just get lumped in under the same thing and it's about supporting the farmers that are really doing well all right, so you just heard from Jeff Reid there. And again, just as a reminder, if you want to find out more, head to our website under the Taking Action tab. You'll find all his information about intensive winter grazing and his latest work and campaign. Now, Jeff did mention, um, you know, farmers potentially transitioning to more sustainable farming practices. And we really just want to make it very clear that we're not against farming, but it needs to be done in a sustainable manner moving forward because it has such an impact on our environment. So that leads in very nicely to our next guest. We're going to hear from Claire Inslee, who is the media spokesperson for the Vegan Society in New Zealand. So she'll be talking about sustainable farming in New Zealand with their latest campaign, which is called incentivize New Zealand farmers to diversify for longevity. So again, all of that information can be found on our website under the Taking Action tab, Sustainable Farming New Zealand. So here's Claire. The petition is to try and uh, get New Zealand farmers who are currently farming mostly animals to think about the possibility of farming plants. Um, it's obviously something they can make profit from. We've got a lot of horticulture in this country already. Um, but th at the moment, the um, focus is much more on meat and dairy, as we all know. Um, we'd like to shift that focus towards more plant-based 
Now, a lot of farmers um, will say, oh, I don't know how to do that. I've been farming dairy for years. Our generation, you know, our farm's been our family for five generations and this is what we've done and this is all we know and this is what we're going to carry on doing. And um, what we want to say back to that is that the world has changed, you know. Five generations ago, we only had maybe two billion people on the planet. Now we've got eight billion and counting. It's not going to go down any time soon. So we need to be much smarter in how we produce our food. We need to be much smarter about what food it is that we're producing. Now, it's been shown that um, animal agriculture is quite a large driver of climate change. Uh, we've got deforestation happening. We've got um, decimation of wildlife occurring. All of these things because we want to farm more land. Okay, why do we need that? It's to grow animals. Why do we need that? Well, we don't. As vegans, we know that we can sustain ourselves easily on a plant-based diet. Uh, plant, growing plants requires much less land than growing animals does, um, depending on the crops. I mean, an acre of land that produces beef can maybe only feed three people, whereas that same acre of land producing soy can feed 64 people. So, you know, it's very clearly the way forward. Um, obviously, there's a lot of um, traditions that we need to kind of overcome with that. Um, and so our petition really is about getting more people to open their minds up to the fact that uh, we do need to change. We do need to be more sustainable. We do need to think more carefully about how we go about producing food for the world. Um, New Zealand is so well placed uh, to produce an awful lot of plants. We have a massive burgeoning um, horticultural industry that has just continued to grow. $8 billion um, were made last year in the horticultural exports. Um, we want that to continue to grow. Meanwhile, the dairy farmers, I'm not pointing fingers here at anyone in particular, but um, you know, they, there's a lot of pollution comes from dairying. We've got nitrate runoff going into our rivers. Uh, we've got forests being cut back to produce pasture land, all these kinds of things. And that needs to stop, essentially. We need to um, roll back that. So how about giving some of that land over? Because, of course, the first thing that any farmer would tell you is like, oh, I can't grow crops on my land. It's not suitable, rah, rah, rah. And they may be right in some cases, you know. A lot of the um, sheep farms, for example, are on hillsides that would be more hard to, um, to grow plants on. Not impossible. Have a look at Switzerland. The entire country is built on mountains. Guess what? They grow a lot of plants there still. Um, so it's certainly possible, but it does require um, more different technology, like different style of tractors that can drive along inclines, all of that kind of thing. We don't need to go to those lengths here in New Zealand. There is plenty of land that is already available and underutilized. There's something like um, 100,000 hectares currently in use for um, growing plants and we could be using 10 times that amount 10 times that amount is available and great for growing plants so how about we utilize the land that we already have that is suitable for crop growing that's actually all we're asking but um yeah so that's that's and why why are we doing that because we as i said the population is going to continue to grow uh, we need to work within the resources of our planet. It has finite resources. 
Currently, we're just using them up like there's no tomorrow. And quite frankly, there is no tomorrow. If we carry on the way we're going, there's not going to be any tomorrows for humans. Um, so we need to change the way that we're doing things. We need to be more um, clever with our resources. We need to be farming in a way that um, doesn't use them up, that is um, regenerating the land, regenerating the soil. And you'll see other petitions about uh, regenerative farming. So that's what that's all about. So our petition is slightly different in that we're just asking people to grow more crops. You know, like a lot of um, beef and dairy farmers already grow crops, like they already might have blueberries or they already might have an apple orchard or, you know, there's a, there's a, a number of um, farmers already growing crops as well. All we're asking is that more farmers follow that route, you know, grow crops where you can. Oh, you need to keep the cows out of the rivers or well, you need to have a border. Well, how about maybe you could grow hemp in those border bits, you know, where you're trying to keep the cows away from the river. That would be really amazing because hemp's an incredible plant for um, uptaking uh, things that we don't want in the soil. And um, it's, it's just an amazing plant and it's so versatile. You know, we can, we can eat the seeds, we can use the fibers for almost anything, clothing, plastics, building, you know, the list literally is endless. Um, and we'd be far better off, um, say, growing hemp for fibres instead of growing trees for wood that we're using, we're doing at the moment. Um, hemp takes a lot quicker, it's a lot quicker to grow than a pine tree, obviously. It takes good 10, 30 years for a pine tree to get to the size that we want to cut it down at. Um, whereas it's only going to be a year for, um, you know, six six foot high um, hemp plants. So, you know, let's 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 carry on being the incredible agricultural nation that we are, but let's do it in a smarter way. Let's do it in a way that um, protects uh, our planet and harmonizes with our environment instead of one of dominion over, which is the traditions that now have to be stopped. So what's the call to action? Call to action is to sign the petition. Um, basically, we are calling on the government to help farmers transition from their agricultural, their animal agriculture to growing more plants. Um, obviously, if you've been dairying for the last five generations, you're not going to know what are the best crops to grow on your particular land. So we understand that and we would like the government to step in and help farmers to come up with these solutions. You know, we have um, horticulture all over both islands. You know, there are people growing plants all over. So no matter where you are farming, there will be a plant that you can grow that will help um, to, you know, help our environment, to help, um, you know, feed our nation and other nations as well. You know, we um, could have been organic nation by 2020. I remember that last century. That was a that was a goal that was um, that was around, and you know, that seems to have unfortunately fallen by the wayside. And we're certainly not an organic nation. And here we are in 2021. But um, wouldn't it be wonderful if we were? Um, not that we're specifically calling on organic at the moment, but we are just saying, hey, let's get the information to the farmers. Let's get them on our side. Let's get them to understand that they can still make profits by growing plants and it's not going to be as hard as they think it is. So, yes, sign the petition, share the petition, tell your friends about the petition. That's as much as we can do at the moment. Okay, so two 
super important and interrelatable campaigns that we are 100% behind. Uh, you know, Jeff does an amazing job uh gathering content i have started doing a little bit myself from my, especially my last trip down to the south island a couple of weeks ago but i'm not as brave and brazen as jeff so we're certainly going to be seeing more content from jeff and we'll be sharing that on our platform and conversely also with the vegan society's campaign i think that's absolutely wonderful because it's taking a proactive stance and rather than you know being all negative and you know it's always important that if you raise an issue you come up with a solution. So well done to both of them for, for leading these fantastic campaigns. So the last guest we're going to hear from is also a past guest of ours, Grant Dixon. You'll know him of the Big Fat Lie documentary, and we interviewed him uh, quite a while ago already, last year. He was one of our early guests. But he's actually here on behalf of Evidence-Based Eating New Zealand. And uh, a few guests, a few episodes ago, we published a few presentations from the Health Focus Public Lectures that was in held in Christchurch. And that featured Professor Juliet Rutledge, Dr. Wayne Hurlow, and Dr. Rob Wilkes. So Grant is here to tell us about the upcoming event that is held in Dunedin. So this coming weekend, if you're on to if you're up to date with our podcast, it's this coming weekend. Uh, Saturday the 1st of August, followed by Auckland and Wellington. So he's going to tell us a little bit more about what the series is about and who the speakers are. Evidence-based eating came out of sheer frustration because um, from my experience, doctors didn't know the basics about how food is important to one's health, which is an appalling statement when you think about it. Um, how, how do doctors who are very intelligent people and usually the top of the class at school, why, why, why don't they know this? And why don't they get it often too? Even though you mention it, they still don't get it. Um, anyway, so that's, that's how it started. It was at a conference where I asked for some help to lobby government and to lobby health boards and to lobby doctors in general uh, medical doctors, that is, um, about the need to educate their patients um, that what they eat is, is essential to, in, in, in one's health. Um, and so a group of about a dozen people, about three or four doctors and uh, some enthusiastic lay people like myself got together. Um, we formed the organisation two or three years ago now. We have membership of about 50 people. We're slowly building that up. Um, and we're running a series of lectures around the country at the moment, um, trying to raise uh, interest and to get some response. And who's predominantly your target audience? My target audience, me personally, are, are the GPs out there and, and also the officials. Um, the, the minister, uh, Dr. Bloomfield, for instance, and um, officials in the Ministry of Health, um, representatives in medical schools, for instance, and uh, medical institutions, those who train the doctors and the nurses and the um, specialists, um, any, anybody who basically needs to know that what you eat is the first thing that the patient should be talked about. Um, and then you talk about pills or medicines and surgeries and those sorts of things. But what you eat is kind of, should be the first, first thing, first thing on the plate, so to speak. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's what we're trying to do, and that's what I'm trying to do. So that's what's important to me, and I think it's important to all the members on the committee as well. So we recently published the audio files from the first of your series of four health-focused public lectures that you're holding around New Zealand. That was the most recent one, or the first one you've held in Christchurch. They were Professor Julia Rutledge, Dr. Wayne Hurlow, Dr. Rob Wilkes. You've got three more 
So tell us about those lectures. Sure. Well, the th three that we had in Christchurch went really well. Um, we got a really good turnout. Things went very well on the, the meeting itself. Um, we, we've, for these lectures, we're actually broadening, broadening the uh, topics a bit. So we have um, people who, are, who may not be taught, totally plant-based or even plant-based to a point even, but they're definitely sympathetic to what we're doing and, um, and what their research shows is definitely in the line of what we're doing. So for instance, Professor Rutledge uh, was talking about um, nutrition being really important for your brain. Um, and so that was the reason why we got her involved and she talked about that and she had some very interesting things to say on that point. Dunedin, we're going down there uh, in three weeks' time. Uh, so if you live in Dunedin or know anybody down there, please let them know that we're coming because um, it will be a really good evening. Um, the first speaker there will be the, uh, Dr. Martin Williamson. He's on our committee um, and he actually uh, lectures. He's a senior lecturer at the Otago School of Medicine. So um, he's, he's sort of in the system, so to speak. And then Yvette, Yvette Hall, who's a student at the Otago Medical School. So all the speakers are actually from Otago Medical, Medical School down in Dunedin. Um, and she's going to uh, talk about, from a, a student's point of view, um, what's important for her when she's going to be a future doctor and the sorts of things that she wouldn't hope that she'll be taught. And it'll be interesting to see what she says, particularly with uh, the next speaker after her being uh, Professor Jim Mann, Mann who's um, a long-time uh, lecturer in Otago University, specialist, specialist on nutrition. Um, and he's going to talk about um, basically how to solve the obesity problem and the diabetes problem. Um, and uh, he's very sympathetic to our cause as well. So um, we've got three really good speakers there, and it'll be a really good evening to come to. So if you live down that way, uh, come along. It'll be a great evening. And then following that, we go to Auckland and we have um, three more speakers. And then after that, we go to Wellington. Uh, we have another professor in Auckland. Uh, that's Professor uh, Boyd Swinburne, um, who's, who was in my movie, Big Fat Lie. Um, and he's very much on, uh, again, um, uh, processed foods and that sort of thing, uh, because they just basically ruin your health uh, to get you know, fruit and vegetables into your diet. So very much part of our message. We have a nutritionist, a dietitian, in actual fact, Tasha uh, Goldsmith. Um, and she'll be uh, talking about that from a nutrition point of view. And then Dr. Mark Craig, who's one of our key doctors on our board as well. Um, and he'll be taking it from more of a GP point of view. And then we end up in Wellington. We're going to be ending up in Parliament buildings, which will be quite interesting. we see, be interesting to see if we get any parliamentarians in the room. Hopefully we will. Um, and we've got uh, Dr. Christina Cleghorn, who's going to talk about food policy, because that's a real problem. Um, you know, it's, we can say all the right things, but if it doesn't get into policy, it just becomes empty words. So, um, and there's been a lot of problems in that area, and she'll shed some light on that, which would be interesting. And then Dr. Mike Joy is going to talk more about the um, ecology point of view, uh, and he's well known in New Zealand, um, and uh, he'll be worth coming to listen to just for his own sake. And then Dr. Luke Wilson, who used to be on our board, but now is one of the key people in Doctors for Nutrition, which is an Australasian organisation. Uh, very similar uh, aims and goals as um, EBE, our organisation, evidence-based eating. Um, and he'll be talking about the plant-based diet and, and from a G, uh, GP point of view. So um, he'll be sort of wrapping up the whole series of programmes. So, um, yeah, so we've, we've got this and we're just hoping to get a bit of breakthrough, a bit of media possibly, hopefully some media out there and to um, bring up the interest in the, the fact that the, what we eat is really important. All right, so that was Grant from Evidence-Based Eating. Now, you might have heard a few names in there that sound familiar. 
And that is because we've actually hosted a number of these future presenters as past podcast guests. So if you are interested, please do go back and have a quick listen to those episodes to see if these upcoming um, lectures will be of interest to you. So there was Dr. Martin Williamson, who was episode 13 from season two. Um, we've also got some guests from the Auckland and Wellington um, lecture series as well. So we've got Fuchsia Goldsmith, who spoke about kidney disease season two, so this season, episode 14. And then also Professor Boyd Swinburne, who was a brilliant guest in this season as well, so episode eight. And then Wellington, we've got your BFF, Ben, so Dr. Mike Joy. <laughs> um, he was a phenomenal guest in our first season, so going back a little bit now, um, but that was episode 12 of the first season, if you're interested. And then, of course, Dr. Luke Wilson, who was our first ever guest and also helped us wrap up last season. So phenomenal lineup of speakers there. The show's BFF. Dr. Luke Wilson. Um, yeah, no, a phenomenal lineup. And uh, yeah, actually, a couple of guests will be bringing on to the show as well from, from this mm. series. So, you know, very prominent, let's call them activists in, in, in this community, in the, in the whole food plant based community, environmental community as well. So, some fantastic people. So, again, Wellington, Auckland, Dunedin, make the time and go and have a listen to these phenomenal people. Right, time to wrap up. It is an express for a reason, so it's meant to be short. So as always, buy us a coffee. But more importantly, head on over to our website, see what we're all about now. It's a lot more than just a podcast. It's about sharing information. It's about getting people engaged. It's about people making lifestyle changes that will make a positive impact. And that's what we've always been all about. And that's what we'll continue to be all about. Oh, I'd just like to say big thank you for sticking with us from the start. It's now very exciting that we have this new direction that we're going down um, and, you know, get on board for personal and planetary health. That's it. And we have a new outro. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Lentil Intervention Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and visit the website for more details.